0: We're delighted to welcome former pupil, Bella Collins, as one of our first Felstead Talk guests. Some of us will already remember Bella, who visited Felstead when she rode across the Atlantic as part of the youngest and fastest female crew ever to take on that incredible challenge. She's back and she's got an even greater challenge now, but I'll let her tell you all about that in a moment. Bella currently works for Flexihex, based in Cornwall, a plastic-free packaging firm, and environmental change is high on her agenda. So Bella, as I mentioned a moment ago, we, we last met in 2016, I think, when you came to Felsted and told us about your, uh, your record-breaking challenge and also your work for Plan UK's Because I'm a Girl campaign. So adventure is, is clearly one of, you, one of the big things in your life. Uh, it's also one of our Felsted values. And I wondered if you could start off just by telling us a little bit about your upcoming challenge.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and thank you for having me. Um... Yeah, I'm not one to turn away a challenge. So I got approached um, just over a year ago to row across the Pacific. So that's from San Francisco to Hawaii. It's part of a relatively new race um, called the Great Pacific Race. And I've got a new team, so a whole new set of girls. Um, there's four of us um, and actually quite ranging in age this time. So um, from 40s right down to sort of mid-20s. Um, and we are rowing for what we call the three P's, so it's for positivity, planet, and, um, and for people. So we're trying to sort of bring together people, try and change the way people think, you know, project a, a growth mindset, I guess, um, and just show ways that we can collaboratively, you know, protect the planet um so in line with that we're raising money for the seabin project to uh, an amazing australian organization um people might have seen them before it kind of went viral a couple of years ago They're bins that they put in ports and marinas and it collects plastic waste and debris but also microplastics microfibres and oils and things like that so we're raising some money to try and get some more seabins installed in the uk um but the great thing about them is they also do loads of education and research projects so they're not just trying to sort of be reactive they're trying to be proactive and trying to sort of change the problem in the first place
0: that sounds brilliant i mean you're you're taking on a challenge which i i understand only 60 people have ever done before and to put that in context 566 people have been into space so it's 10 times more complicated than going into space and uh, raising money for for the sea bin challenge as well and if people want to support you can they do that
1: yeah absolutely we've got um, a website it's called ocean Shiros. so um, Shiros as in Heroes with an S before it. Um, and if you go on there, it says a uh, donate now and people can donate there.
0: Brilliant. Okay, well, I'm sure lots of people after hearing this will want to get involved if they can and also follow your journey. So so the very best of luck with that. Now, obviously, the, the, the current circumstance, the current situation must be making training and preparation really difficult. Have, have you had to change the way you've approached this?
1: Yeah, I mean, nothing has taught us resilience like COVID has. We have had... Stumbling blocks throughout the entire campaign, from sponsors getting a bit wobbly to not being able to meet up and row. You know, one of the biggest parts of training is actually getting on the water, and you know, having lockdowns mean that we haven't been able to meet up and do that. Um, right down to actually you know whether we're going to be allowed into America at this point. So, you know, it, it's been a huge challenge, but it's tested us as a team. It's tested our own patience and resilience, and. You know, we're, we're all the stronger for it. So I think you've just got to, you know, spin that around, really.
0: Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And how did you how did you persuade the other people to take part?
1: <laughs> I think I was the one that was persuaded actually. Um, <laughs> there was a lady in our team called P, short for Perusha, and she had a team together and, and full sponsorship. And that team sadly didn't quite work out. So she was she was looking to put another team together. And um, my brother Angus, who was also at Felsted. Um, he knew that I was, you know, wanting to do another ocean, so he put my name forward along with um, somebody else that's rowed the Atlantic before. And then together we pulled in a, a friend called Lily, who is from Burnham-on-Crouch in Essex, and I've grown up sailing with her. And it sort of all happened circumstantially, but um, it's amazing, we, we get on really well. We're all very strong characters, so it's interesting to see us sort of navigate that, but, um, it, yeah, it's going it's to be a great team.
0: Oh, that's fantastic news. Now, developing character is something we we encourage at Felsted um, all the way through, and I just wonder, in in your experience, what is it that has given you the character uh, to be able to take on some of these great challenges?
1: It's a really good question, and it's it's a hard one because I don't think character comes from one thing. I think it comes from the people around you, your experiences, your school, like you say, your education, and I think there are there are many things that have built up my character i mean for sure my my parents they've always been so supportive of anything that i've done and sort of given me the wings to to do that um i think my brother angus i've always you know idolized him and looked up to him and he's definitely paved the way for me and and given me the encouragement to do things so um you know probably a big amount of that does come from my family yeah
0: and we you mentioned before as well that there's a, a sort of growth mindset approach to what you're doing Um, And and one of the things, one of the things that really matters in a growth mindset is learning from mistakes. Uh, Have you made mistakes in the preparation for this that you've learned from? Or are are you anticipating mistakes along the journey, which you'll have to learn from as you go?
1: Absolutely. I mean, everybody makes mistakes, but only human. And I think it's being vulnerable enough to know that or to show that you can't do everything and you can't be perfect at everything. So be vulnerable, own up when you make mistakes. You know, take it on as a team and say, well, you know, what can we learn from that and how can we make it better? So, you know, definitely the, the Atlantic, there are times that I, you know, in hindsight, look back and said I could have handled that better or I could have learned more about that before I went to sea. But I have to forgive myself for not knowing that, be better prepared for this time, but also be prepared for that I might make mistakes again. And actually, as a team, we can we can take that on. Um, it's yeah, it's a big thing. And, and, and a growth mindset is all part of that is sort of being open to to knowing that you're always going to be learning no matter what age you are.
0: Yeah, and presumably you have to have absolute trust in the people that you're with as well.
1: Yeah, I mean it's so fundamental. We are lacking sleep out there. You you never sleep for more than really an hour and a half at a time. And so your cognitive functions, you know, they 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 don't really work. And so your decision making, the speed that you move at, that all sort of starts to fail. So you have to be able to trust in your team members to you know, support each other and help each other function. And, and that yeah, that's really important.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's sort of like a, a super lockdown when when the four of you are on the boat. There's nobody else that you, you can communicate with or are you able to talk to people at home still?
1: Yeah, so we have um, satellite phones. And actually, since I rode the Atlantic back in 2016, it's amazing how far technology has come along. You know, we could barely send a photo back when we were did it back in 2016. And now you can send back videos almost on a daily basis and it's not too expensive. So... Um, we'll hopefully be sending a lot more media back. People will be able to join the join the journey with us a lot more. Um, but also, you know, we want to find a balance of also switching off because that's the sense of adventure. It's why I do these things: is to disconnect and find time just to, to switch off and and disconnect. Really.
0: Yeah, and it's a, it's a competition as well. It's it's not just a challenge for you. You're you're racing against other teams.
1: Yeah. So it's uh, there's three teams in the race. It was meant to be more, but sadly, COVID has. Um, some barriers up for other teams to join but one of the teams is latitude 35 and my brother is in that so I'll be racing against <laughs> Angus again we uh, we seem to have a thing to do that which we we jokingly say oh you know um I'm, and I'm going to beat you this time Angus but really it's not about beating him it's about doing something with him and I feel really comforted being at sea knowing he's out there with me and we're going through the same weather patterns together and just this you know it's really bonded us this sense of achievement that we've gone through this campaign and rode an ocean together it's it's an amazing feeling so i love doing it with him and then um the other team is a, is a female team actually so it's great to see more more females than males in a sport like this um and they're a team of three women called girls who dare
0: and it's a it's a it's a pretty risky ocean to go across you are you prepared for the danger what, what's the worst that could happen
1: yeah, I think the waves are much bigger on, on the Pacific and they can come from slightly different directions so that the Atlantic, they, they predominantly come from behind you and push you towards Antigua. So the worst thing that could probably happen in this is, you know, a capsize that could, sort you know, hurt, either injure one of us or, or um, break something on the boat like an oar or our electrics. So... I think it's just being really vigilant, that everything's tied down, that we always have our hatches closed, that we're always tied onto the boat because I think these freak sort of waves are much more common out in the Pacific.
0: And it, it's going to take you some, well, hopefully it's going to, not going to take you all that long, but it's going to take up to two, two months. Is that about the right time scale?
1: Yeah, so the world record at the moment is 50 days for a four-man boat. So we are, actually I think it's for a four-woman boat to be Pacific. Um, so we're trying to beat 50 days. Nobody's ever done it in a Rannock boat which is um, my uncle Charlie designs them he's also an old Valsedian it's a family affair Um, and nobody's done it in his boats before so we're hoping that we might be able to do it faster and so we're pushing for around 40 to 43 days if we can.
0: Wow that's amazing and you're you're, um, you've only just moved back to the UK from America I, I understand so your employers must be extremely understanding.
1: Yeah do you know I've been really fortunate throughout my career to have bosses and companies that are really supportive of me taking on these extracurriculars. And uh, my new one, FlexiHex, I actually, in my second interview, said, you know, look, uh, I'm going to be rowing across the Pacific next year. I'm going to need two months off. And this was only last July that I was interviewing. And I said, I'm going to need two months off next June. And uh, I said, I'm really sure sort if of it's going to write me off for this job. You know, I, I really want it. And I won't be rowing many oceans any f- anymore. This is the only one. And they just loved it. It really embraced all their values and what they wanted to do with the company. They're a startup. And they took me on board. And it was just, it blew my mind that a company would take on somebody and say, yes, you can have two months off in your first year. So I'm hugely grateful to them.
0: Yeah. So the, the crossover of values must be, must be important to them, though, that they they're, they're um, very much an environmentally aware company and you're, you're working here for it or your, your adventure is about um, supporting the environment as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So they um, are trying to strip plastic from the packaging industry. So they've come up with a really innovative design it's done really well in the drinks industry so some people might have seen it there it's sort of a honeycomb packaging made out of paper that's really strong it's amazing um so they're trying to put the planet first educate people about you know the the plastic problem and how that's affecting our marine environments but they're also trying to pave the way in, in you know with lots of other companies like b corp brands to find work-life balances to be profitable but to be um purpose-driven and i think that that's a company that I wanted to work for, and it was, you know, so desperate to, to work for them. Um, and they're all about celebrating the great outdoors. So, you know, if it's a really lovely day outside, you can take an extended lunch break and go for a walk along the coastal path. And, you know, they're really flexible with that and sort of making sure that your health and your work-life balance come first. And I, and I love that about them.
0: Yeah, uh, that's that's a, sounds a sounds a really inspiring company to work for. Um, and it's, it's great that they're making a difference in what they're doing as well. Um, it what what what's inspired you to to be interested in that in that particular area i mean in, environment is something which a lot of our students are becoming much more aware of now want want to make a difference but it's it's sometimes hard to see how to so what 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 is it that's that's taken you down this route?
1: I think what kick started it for me is we went on a family holiday to Haiti. My mum used to live and work in Haiti and it was really tragic to see the plastic pollution there. Their beaches were piled and piled with plastic pollution. There were pigs in streams trying to eat between all the, you know, eat between all the dirt and the rubbish and they were burning it in, you know, car parks and it was just it was horrific to see what was obviously a beautiful country just be so damaged by plastic and i think that in england we don't see it you know we have our rubbish collected and it goes away and we don't we don't really see the problem and you know that plastic probably gets shipped to another country and it it really affected me that actually we should be doing more and we you know we should all be making little changes and i think it's quite a daunting subject the environment you know when you say oh, you know i'm trying to go entirely plastic free it's a bit sort of like oh, gosh i can't do that but actually what i'm trying to encourage through this campaign is make one, diff- one change. You know, this week I've changed my deodorant, so I've run out of my Dove deodorant and I've switched to Wild, for example, because it's made um, with aluminium tins and it's a refill. So it's just making one change at a time and I think you'll be really surprised how much of a difference you can make in just a year.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's a really good approach to take, partic- particularly for young people who maybe aren't making all the buying decisions at home, that if they, if they can just make one change at a time or, or contribute something. I mean, it's been depressing over here to see... People going back out after after lockdown and then leaving litter wherever they go, and you you, you just hope people will learn a little bit and uh, and try try and change their behaviours in a positive way.
1: Absolutely, and I think the biggest thing is it's all about education because people won't change their behaviours the, until they understand the effect that it's having. So you know all these you know TV shows that are coming out, the more that we can educate in schools, the more that we can raise awareness by you know brands collaborating and reaching each other's audiences, and you know reinstalling these messages i think the the more effect that we can have on people's behaviors
0: and um that that kind of ties in as well with, a, with another value that we we promote at Felsted, which is about kindness kindness to to the environment but kindness to one another as well and i wonder whether that that's played a part in your life as well it sounds as though you, your employers have been very kind to you but is is there is there someone else who who's maybe shown kindness which has inspired you
1: gosh i mean so many people I, I couldn't even begin. Yeah, my bosses, I mean, from uh, my previous company, um, my bosses, B and Graham, I mean, they were just, they just supported me and backed me in everything I wanted to do. And every time I said, oh, I want to learn more, I want to learn more, I think lots of people would have said, calm down, you know, you've got all the rest of your life. But they, they supported that eagerness and I'm so grateful for the path that they set me up on. Um Again, I've got to give a shout out to my brother Angus because he has always been supportive of me and I think he's probably put me before him many, many times. So, you know, the kindness that he's shown to me throughout my life is, is unbelievable. And... Um, and obviously all my friends, you know, I've got an amazing group of girls that are always at the end of the phone, like no matter if I was living in California or in Cornwall, you know, I don't live in London where most of them live, but they're always at the end of the phone for me.
0: Oh, that's good. Well, you, you'll just have to remember to be kind to Angus when you beat him on the, uh, on the Pacific Row. <laughs>
1: yeah, Maybe. I'll see.
0: <laughs> and that, let, let me take you back in time then. What, what's your best memory of Felstead?
1: Oh, good question. Um... I have this one memory, it's quite specific, of I was in the steel band with, is it Rachel Clark that runs the steel band? And um, we were sort of the, one of the first groups to, to do it in the, in the prep school. And I think that was like a 2020 cricket day and it was beautiful sunshine and we were all doing face paint and playing in the steel band. It was just one of those days it was just full of fun and laughter and friends. So that one really stands out to me. And... I think all the hockey tournaments, I, you know, Fels had really got me into my hockey um, and Mrs Hancock was our hockey coach and she was amazing. And we got to second in the Nationals and just that sort of team spirit. And I tell you what, actually, a lot of my team spirit would have came from, come from that, that sort of we're in this together. And seeing us grow, get from like tournament to tournament up to the Nationals was um, definitely Help shape me, I think.
0: Yeah, that, you can't beat shared experiences. I think uh, you know, doing something as a team or, or together as a musical group as well. You you just have those those shared experiences, I, and I'm pleased to be able to tell you both are still going strong. So we have we have multiple steel bands who who still perform, and uh, the hockey is always competitive, and uh, both boys and girls. So uh, yeah, big part of Felsted life.
1: Brilliant, I love it. There are not many schools that have steel bands. That's pretty unique.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> And you you, met, you mentioned Mrs. Hancock there. Did, was was she your most influential teacher or did anybody else have a particular uh, impact on you growing up?
1: Um, Mrs. Burrett, definitely. Um, her French classes, I mean, I've still got the songs that we used to sing at Christmas <laughs> and, like, Maman Papa and we used to, with these whole breakfast orders that we used to sing out and chant to her. I mean, I think... My French went downhill, downhill after I left her classes because they were just amazing. Um, so Mrs. Burrow is definitely one. And Mr. Fincher for geography. I did geography right up into my A-levels, but I think my love for geography started in his classes in year seven or eight or something. So, yeah, there would probably be two standouts for me.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, I hope they're both listening. I hope they get to get to hear that. It's great, great to hear the the impact teachers can have years on.
1: I know, right, because you, you think that you'd forget, but... They really do stand out. And, you know, I'm, I'm only in my 20s. I'm not, you know, left school over 10 years ago. But, yeah, it does. you do remember these things.
0: Yeah, that's no, good. It's good. And um, uh, in terms of your value set, we, young people um, growing up now um, seem to be much more focused on getting their values right first and then, and then working out their life plan, perhaps whereas a few years ago people would have the career path and then the values would, would match onto it. Um, where where do you think your values come from where where do you think you uh, you work out the kind of person you want to be from
1: I listen to a lot of podcasts and I read a lot of books and I think it's that going back to that growth mindset it's being a sponge it's being open to other people's opinions and learning and seeing how other people have lived their lives and and picking out values that you think that you know really correlate to you and what you would like to put into your own life so I think it's it's opening up your eyes and, and ears to, to what's around you, really. I think that so many people sort of can just put themselves into a, into a, a corner and, and that's that, but be open. You know, um, I listened to a podcast recently with Johnny Wilkinson on it um, on the High Performance podcast, mm-hmm. and it was just amazing. I mean, he talks about how he lives in the present and doesn't focus too much on the future, which helps him actually be more open to opportunity because you're really understanding of what's happening in here and now and what's in front of you you're you're going to spot opportunities much better and and if you understand your values and you're going to know if those opportunities align to them and I think it that really inspired me and changed the way I thought immediately so yeah definitely some reading and some podcasts
0: excellent and can you give us a book recommendation
1: um they're not self-help books which is probably the answer you're looking for but I I love Victoria Hislop because I was never into history at school but the, the Victoria Hislop books are all about European history so um spanish greece crete um it's they're amazing but they're all fictional novels and i've learned a lot a lot through them so um definitely head to hers if you want a bit bit of an escape
0: excellent thank you and what about the future you've you've got this immediate challenge you you've told us that you're you're not planning on rowing any more oceans although i'm not sure i believe that but what but what what future challenges have you got what what aspirations
1: um i don't like i don't have long-term aspirations i think it's that going back to that i live in the present and focus on the now so i don't have a five-year goal or a ten-year goal because i think you can get so fixated on them you forget about you know enjoying your day-to-day or you know appreciating the steps you can make on a month monthly basis so long term i don't know but but in the next year or so Coming back, doing this row, really making sure that Hex is a success. I'm so passionate about what they're doing and I would love to see them become a hugely successful company and to inspire other companies to sort of drive change, you know, do startups that are changing the way that big companies think. Um, I'd love to get a dog, so I think that's the next thing. <laughs> um, so little things really, but just um, try and settle into Cornish life for, for a bit.
0: Thank you. Well, I, I think that message of uh, staying in the moment, appreciating the moment is, is always important, but even more so at the moment where perhaps people haven't had as much contact with other people as they would, they would normally like. Um, and uh, you've definitely inspired us, and I'm sure the listeners will have, will have enjoyed hearing from you. Bella, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you.
1: Well, thank you for having me. appreciate it.
0: And that was Bella Collins talking with Chris Townsend, Headmaster at Felstead School. Thank you to both of you for coming on to this episode and if you'd like to find out more about what Bella is doing then visit OceanSheRose.com that's ocean and heroes with an s before it so oceansheros.com or check out her Instagram by searching OceanSheRose. Now we have another episode coming out soon so to make sure you don't miss that go and follow or subscribe to this channel right now and it just means that you'll receive a small notification the next time an episode is released just to let you know that it's available. But until then, thank you for listening to this episode and we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.